Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name's Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. Community is a crucial word for my guest today. He's amassed a close circle of colleagues and collaborators outside of his musical home in The National, the indie rock outfit he helped co-found two decades ago. Many of these friends make an appearance on How Long Do You Think It's Gonna Last, the sophomore record with Bon Iver's Justin Vernon as Big Red Machine, this deeply personal work features a multitude of voices, including Sharon Van Etten, Fleet Foxes, Ben Howard, and Taylor Swift. His working relationship with the pop superstar began in 2020, when he co-produced her twin lockdown offerings Evermore and Folklore, the latter of which earned him an Album of the Year Grammy earlier this year. But despite Swift's high-wattage star power, how long do you think it's going to last is certainly a group effort, an egalitarian enterprise brimming with warmth. The album is, simply put, a triumph touching on themes of loss, family, and mental health, and the complex interplay between all three. I'm so happy to welcome Aaron Dessner. Thanks so much. The album is absolutely amazing. And there's a great quote from, from Justin recently where he said, it's not really a band, but tons of lead singers. And along those lines, what amazed me was that despite all these different voices, there was such a unity to this album. Was that a challenge to keep everything sounding so, so cohesive? Yeah, well, it was interesting. I think that, you know, because it is, it's like a band, but there's no windows and doors on the, and there's, you know, <laughs> kind of this multitude of voices, which was always our idea that they're almost like different characters in the same book or something. And maybe the music, which I do sort of initiate all the music, and maybe that's a common thread. And then, like, and I think thematically, somehow the songs really feel all related to each other. And so I don't know. Yeah, it, it does feel very cohesive, which was honestly, it was, 
a wonderful realization at the end of the process because we're kind of you know we didn't really it's more about process than product in a way and and i think once when we arrived at the end of the journey and there was this album it was really kind of amazing to realize that it was it is cohesive and that it really does feel like there's this interconnected thing going on with all the voices you mentioned having the different voices being like characters in a book i was going to ask you how do you decide who to bring on board for this is it like a case of casting a song almost one would apart in a film or is it more freeform than that i think it's more about relationships where it's almost like uh, you know music to me is very it's very collaborative and and it's about friendship and it's about sort of family and community and like it's i'm maybe i'm idealistic that way but i like to imagine that it's an earlier era of rock and roll or of music where like you know people would wander down the hall and play on each other's records (laughs) or you know there's a reason why jerry garcia was on every record in 1967 that was made in san francisco or whatever so like this to me it's everyone on this record i've either made a record with or wanted to make a record with so i guess that's how we thought of it it wasn't like oh let's get this superstar on this song it's more like we just happened to be working together and and it made it like it's a very natural organic process you took the words right out of my mouth i was gonna ask obviously the grateful dead means so much to you and i'm hard pressed to think of a band that defines musical community to me than the dead both with their fans and then also with jerry like you said playing on you know david crosby's album and stephen still's album just everybody's album in the late 60s. I was wondering how much of your relationship with the dead influenced your desire to have this this musical community around you. It's like an indelible imprint on my psyche or something from from like when I was a little kid because that's how I discovered music and that's what my brother and I like from a very early age because we grew up in suburban Ohio which was like a lot I mean everywhere in the early 80s well I was born in 1976 but growing up like when I first started playing music I was probably seven years old and already we were listening to the Grateful Dead then and then when you start to really play guitar and you're like well why can't I play like him exactly you know like why can't I figure this out and I just was a big influence but I, I do really like I think with Big Red Machine Justin and I and a lot of other people involved with it, 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 it I think it is sort of meant to be that kind of thing where it's like a band that's very collaborative that also embraces improvisation where the paint is still wet you know and it, it's not overtly commercial but it's also I don't know I think it's different than like my other band the National which is much more intense kind of and more of like an old family an old brotherhood or something this is like very much like a kind of more of a communal thing do you have an expanding list of people that you want to bring on board or is it almost like working within the same family, almost like Christopher Guest uses the same actors in his film? Is it? Do you kind of want to keep it to the community you have now or do you have a longer list of, of people that you'd like to, to work with in the future on uh, Big Red Machine projects? I feel like Big Red Machine is, can be very open to interpretation. Like we could easily change the next time we make a record or a project. And I think I like I do like the idea that it would evolve and that other people could come into it. I think it's an interesting concept. You know, it's it feels both wide open and like kind of intimate at the same time. So I think but yeah, there's I mean there's so many people I admire in the world to play music and sing and stuff. So obviously if it's a chance it is kind of that kind of project where it's it's the sort of thing you can easily invite someone into and maybe have a, a moment where you make something together. And that's how I really learn and grow as a musician. So I always kind of welcome that. I was thinking about how cool it would be to tour this album, almost like a little mini traveling festival, which would probably be a logistical nightmare. But would you ever do almost like a last waltz style couple of shows where you get everybody? 
Definitely. I mean, that's, that's actually something Justin has brought up quite a bit and like that we want to almost find, we want to find the right places or the right way to do this properly. Cause we would want to have as many people that are on the record there and, and we would want to have a chance to really rehearse it and perform it and document it. And I think it could be a lot of fun. It's cause I sort of imagined this big red machine album as like the last waltz. Maybe it's cause I was finishing it during the pandemic, but it was a little bit like, well, if I never play another song, let's, let's go out with a hoot, you know, or something. <laughs> So it was a little bit like that. I, I mentioned all the voices on there, and I hasten to add, one of them is yours. You sing several songs on the album, Magnolia, The Ghosts of Cincinnati. I mean, what led you to take these on? Was it the subject matter? Was it something about the subject matter that made you want to impart that, those messages yourself? It was both. Like I think part of it was you know, like the song Bricey, which is really, it's almost like a love letter to my twin brother for you know, helping me pull out of a tailspin when we were younger. And I think once I wrote that song and the words came and the melodies came and the truth is whenever I write music, I always have something in my head or I'm singing under my breath. And I think it was really Justin who was kind of like pushing me a little, like go forth young son and sing <laughs> finally. So like at 45 years old, I'm like making my debut as with my voice, but it, it, you know, I think it's also, I've always been comfortable being more like generating the music and setting a scene for other people, almost like a ventriloquist or something where I really, I see myself, I have an easy time like empathizing with what someone else is singing. Obviously Matt Bernier is such a gifted singer and lyricist in the national and people like Justin and Taylor Swift, who I got to work with. So it's, it's not something I see myself like suddenly becoming Mr. Singer guy, but it is nice to do it. And it felt very like natural. I was going to say, was it rewarding for you? I mean, I'm not, the, I, I guess I'm not a narcissist. I, I, hopefully I'm not a narcissist. So like, I wasn't like, <laughs> yes, but, you know, but it was, I do, I can listen to my time in the spotlight. No, I can listen to those songs and really, I feel something, you know, I feel they're honest and I feel they're compelling. So yeah, it's, it, it is rewarding to like be able to do it, especially in the context of all these amazing singers you know so it's like it is daunting on some level but actually i think it works that's good but I, it helps that like justin is harmonizing with me and you know that that helps i i love the the ghost of cincinnati and i love that you forgave pete rose where did that song come from for you what can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the genesis of that yeah the ghost of cincinnati is actually like inspired by a screenplay for a film that hasn't been made yet but it's called dandelion and it's written by a filmmaker nicole Rigel, who has an amazing film out right now called holler that's set in eastern ohio about two siblings that are survive as scrappers in like an industrial wasteland pulling copper and stuff out of old factories but it's a really beautiful film and, and nicole's had written this screenplay that's about a struggling songwriter in cincinnati ohio who is kind of at the end of their rope and like feels empty and hollow like a ghost and and kind of you know someone that's like really at the you know overextended overworked and i just really related to it personally but also like friends and family that i've lost or you know feel like i've lost and just i think that's what it's about it's about wandering around your hometown feeling like a ghost and you're looking looking at places you've been and people you know old friends and but they can't see you and it's just this sort of i guess nostalgic slightly mournful but ultimately cathartic song about like feeling like a ghost you know and maybe looking for meaning in your past and which is what a lot of the record is about it's 
funny. I was a screenwriting major in school, and whenever I was stuck on a plot point or a scene, I would go out for a walk and listen to music, and it would always reset me. I would somehow either take a mood from the music or a line from the lyric or something, and it would send me in a new direction. Do you do the opposite musically? Do you take musical inspiration from stories that you you hear, either screenplays or just things that people tell you? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I get, especially when I watch films, it could even be like an extremely like whatever, just a feel good movie on a plane or something. But I will get into like a heightened emotional state or or lift something accidentally from from it, usually musically. Like I remember the national song Wasp Nest is is like was directly taken from a from a movie without me even knowing it, not, you know, just inspired by it. But I think that the music was, but I think it, it, it often happens that way for me. Um, or if I'm reading a book and you, know, you just get, I don't know, you just get into a, a state of mind and that's when you feel musical or feel cre- creative. So it definitely happens that way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Do you feel that you get more inspiration overall looking outward or looking inward? It's a good question. I mean, I think I I find myself, music for me is a very internal thing where it's almost like 
my natural state or something is to be playing music. If you leave me alone in a room, if there, if there is an instrument there, I'll like, it's like gravity pulls me towards it. And then it like the music kind of comes it's like a it's like turning on a faucet or something and so i guess it's more internal but i'm not conceptual in the sense of you know i'm not thinking outside of myself like i want it to be like this color and that you know this this sort of thing i'm i'm much more like actually just searching for the mysterious tonic inside myself i guess so i guess i'd have to say internal is this something that you do every day like some people jog every day or do yoga is it a daily practice for you writing yeah, I would say like ever since I was a kid, it's just kind of, it's almost, it, it oddly it is, it's kind of like riding a bike where like I do, I just play, it feels good physically to play. And I think that's how I got good at instruments was just like literally like it's like an exercise. And, and then it's only sometimes where there's something that, that pops out in your brain or like that you start playing something and there's a little kernel of something that feels elevated or like that's something let me like grab it and like try to make something out of it usually i'm just like we call it twin tinkle it's like two twins peeing in a toilet or something that, that that's kind of a gross reference but basically it's like literally like i'm just like you know like playing random random notes but uh, <laughs> i'm twin brother that you know that but. you're gonna make fun of me for this question but are you superstitious at all about how it happens is there a certain time of day or a certain room you want to sit in or a certain instrument that you want to use that you really feel you know is i don't want to say lucky because that's really silly but are you superstitious about the sort of to me a person who, who's never written a song before seems like magic is there a sort of an element of like you want to make sure everything's right to get the muse there nice you asked that because i'm deeply superstitious and um wonderful me too it's kind of a strange thing like if i have a bad thought in the middle of the night i can be asleep but i have to knock on my head three times so like if, if i it's a weird thing like with my right hand it's this i'm sounding like a real weirdo now but like i i, I if i think like oh my friend may be in trouble or my daughter's sick or something if i some thought that is just sort of like you know not true but could be true then I knock on my head so but with music I'm the same way where it's like it's more I would say it's more like like if you I, I like to be intentional so if I'm going to sit down and play a shaker on the song on a new song or something I have to like play it properly begin beginning to end like as though we're playing music in a room and if I don't do that if I don't have like a real you know, like the simplest thing, a shaker on a song. But I, I have this thing where I have to kind of like take it really seriously. So in a way, like not like, oh, this is the most important shaker. We're just like kind of because I'm superstitious. If you don't value what you're making, it's not going to be any good or something. And I, this is the same with like instruments. I, 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 when I get a new guitar or a new whatever it is, they, those instruments like almost write songs for you. It's weird because they have like each instrument is different and you feel this like... I don't know. It's like you're you're finding what's inside of it. I mean, I'm not. That sounds like mumbo jumbo, but I, it is actually like you know, like some of the folklore songs on Taylor's record. Some of the music, like it was because I had this new guitar, this rubber string, rubber bridge guitar that I had gotten from the late '50s, and it just sounded. Yeah, you know, it's that invisible string song. It just the music. It just kind of happened. You know, it was like, just came out of, I was just playing. It was like, just kind of came out. I probably should have said this earlier. Congratulations on the Grammy. Sorry, major faux pas for not mentioning the other earlier. Usually that's all anyone has to (laughs) get me to talk about. So that's good. Getting that sort of accolade and and that kind of attention, what does that do to you creatively? Is it liberating to get that sort of affirmation or does it kind of mess with your head in a certain way? Honestly, it was just fun to see, to be together with Taylor and Jack and 
bunch of the people that worked on the record and and for Taylor to win her third album of the year and to become the first woman to do so. And I just think she really deserved it. And that was special to be there. And we had a great time. It was like kind of my, like a very, very memorable period, like hanging out with friends. And, and she sang Renegade actually when we were there um, in LA, that's when we did that song and, and for Big Red Machine. But I think it doesn't really go to my head because I've been around the block and I know you're really only as good as what you just did, you know, and also that the, you know, the media, it's like, no matter what you do, there's everything you, you make, some people are going to love it. Hopefully your fans and the listeners like fall in love with music you make, but there's always going to be like snarky critics that try to beat you down, even for your best work. And so a lot of times it's for your best work. Um, and I think, and yeah, I see friends go through that over and over. And it's kind of like, honestly, it's the thing that bums me out about the music industry is like that you, you that you have to kind of be like subjected to random criticism from people who might not make songs or really like or have it they might be prejudging you and that doesn't happen to me very often but it's just kind of like i think no matter how many awards you win or whatever you still have to go you still have to run the gauntlet every time um and it's kind of the part that takes the joy out of it for a lot of people and and for me but it's like nice like this conversation is great to talk about the music talk about what it feels like to make it that's what's important and also like i care about what the songs mean to people but i don't really care about like awards and all that kind of stuff because you can't like i mean you know i might win more grammys in my life or maybe i've already won my grammys and that's it you know what i mean so you can't really get too attached to that kind of stuff Speaking of Renegade, Taylor tweeted this really wonderful message to you when she shared that song a few weeks ago. And she thanked you. I want to read it because I want to make sure I get this right. Thanking you for ushering her into your world of creativity where you don't overthink, you just make music. And I wanted to ask you, and this is a question from somebody who overthinks everything. How do you not overthink the music? Like, is that ever a struggle? How do you just clear the decks of everything and really just, I mean, not to get too zen, but sort of be in that moment and not overthink it? I feel like I've just learned it over time that like the best things that I've ever made, I wasn't really, it, it wasn't so much that I was trying hard and overthinking. It was like they came, appeared in a, you know, they almost felt evergreen or effortless because, you know, I was making music just to make it without really thinking what it's for or worrying about what, you know, how it would be perceived or received. And I still, as much as like, I hate to wake up on the day that an album comes out and read about why oh. I'm good or bad. It's like, I still thankfully can be a person that is, you know, free. I, 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 in the studio, it's like, I'm still connected to the wonder of what it's like to just make stuff and to you almost be like a kid. Like you should feel like a kid. I think in the studio, making music with your friends, embracing that process without having too much self-doubt or self-criticism because it can be paralyzing like insecurity and those kinds of things when I just think it's it's not productive I've learned this from different friends and from you know Justin is really helpful in that sense like just make stuff don't worry about it and then like at some point see where it falls you know and um that's kind of also Big Red Machine is very much about that like reconnecting with the feeling of what it's what you first when you first start making music 
what that feels like just like this a weird electricity of like well we just made a song wow like this is beautiful you know and as far as like how that song fits into your career or your the, the context of music history all that kind of stuff like you can't really that's out of your control you know what i mean you just got to make make stuff and and like be an artist be expressive that's basically how i think about it Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. What is it about certain songs that make them big Red Machine songs as opposed to national songs or songs for Justin's album or songs for Taylor's album? Is there something about big Red Machine songs that set them apart either musically or emotionally? I feel like there is a feeling there's like a an element of like improvisation and kind of like maybe it's this also a meditative quality at least this album there's like something that is emotionally cathartic or soothing about it but i think to me it is like this element of improvisation or or, or some they're looser you know they're a little bit looser and a little bit more like open to somebody like bouncing around inside of them a lot of the drumming and a lot of the guitar playing are pretty like impressionistic or something um you know there's drum machines which hold it together but then you have like lots of different people bouncing off these songs and i don't know it's a it, at least that's been so far the two big red machine albums that has been like part of the the feeling there's like a big red machine sound or something i can't quite put my finger finger on it but then i would also say that i just make a lot of stuff not really knowing what it is and eventually i share these i call them sketches because they're like they're in song form and there's a lot of like internal melody and stuff but they're very open and they can be altered and it's really just me like developing a foundation you know, like a foundation we can build on and so they 
there are times where like it could be a national song or or it could be something I shared with Taylor that she wrote to, or they could become the song Reese. It might've been a Boney Bear song, but it, instead it was a Big Red Machine song. But like, I think I like that blurriness, you know, I think that's also part of what makes, makes it interesting. How has your relationship with, with Justin evolved since, what was it, 2008, I think, for the uh, the Dark Was the Night compilation? Has it has it evolved or has it generally stayed pretty similar from the first times you started collaborating? It's definitely evolved. I mean, I think mainly it's like the, our friendship has grown very strong over many years. I think it's just there's something very relaxed and like I think we have a very strong connection and we care about each other and they don't put a lot of pressure on each other so it's nice in that way because we obviously collaborate on many things or have collaborated on many things but it's like only because we feel like it or we want to and that can kind of ebb and flow depending on where you are in life and what you're doing and you know with this album it was like it started we did a lot of work together then I took it and ran with it and then we came back together did a lot of work and and he like kind of goes like that and these different phases but mainly it's just fun to spend time together and that's when a lot of things have happened it's just because we're hanging out so but yeah i don't know i have a a huge amount of respect for him as a musician obviously and as a human being he's just a lovely caring person well you do beautiful work together but the songs on this album are so personal you mentioned brycey reese hutch i mean there's just so much of you in there and 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 your life and and the the cover is really i mean in a lot of ways such a gut punch to anybody who's endured loss in their family or 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 you know watch their their childhood kind of i don't want to say degrade but there's this anxiety that i feel with each passing year of you know you grow up there's this narrative of you grow up you leave home you throw yourself into your life your career your new relationships and then you start to find that the things in your past aren't quite where you left them there people go they change they pass on and i guess this is sort of a slightly dour version of john lennon's life is what happens when you're busy making other plans but i, I was reminded of this when i saw the the album cover which is a childhood photo of, of you and your brother and sister with with your grandmother stella under the title how long do you think it's gonna last i want to just ask you what is the cover and the title mean to you what is that expression for you because it was very evocative to me and i want to know if i'm totally off base i know you're right on target i mean i think it is when you're a kid when you're a child and i had a nice childhood and, and like the world is yeah, it's before you've lost your innocence in a way before you've maybe been corrupted by like the anxiety and uncertainty and you know things that happen as an adult or, or pressures that come with like being an adult and you know seeing you know all this good and bad things that happen with when you're in, in life. I think that there's like a, I'm always, I am nostalgic maybe about my childhood and because it was very idyllic. And, and I think at some point you lose that sense of innocence and with it, you take on a lot of, me, not to say me and my family is still here. Those my brother and sister are still here, but you know there have been family traumas. There have been people we've lost, and you know friends I've lost to depression, or you know marriages breaking apart, or floors falling out from under from under you. To quote the Matt Bernier and Blood Buzz, but like I think it's like I, I think this album is kind of looking back at my childhood or justin's or aeneas or many of the writers and and like kind of like looking for meaning and and remedies in your past and like ways to carry it forward and so how long do you think it's going to last it is partly like a childhood or a family or you know a winning streak a losing streak a creative streak you know marriage all these things you know and and then it's also thinking like 
even my relationship with my brother or something like, can we stay this close for the rest of our life? I hope so. But, you know, like as you, you grow and now we live on different sides of the ocean, my brother and my sister live thousands of miles away from me and like, but we grew up so close. And so yeah, it's just thinking about it. I guess it is a very, it's a very personal thought and, and, and the, what it means to me is very personal. Thought it was a, a beautiful tribute to that sentiment and those in your your family and friends. There was a quote you gave recently where you said of this album, "I was using this project to really try different things and find the connection between my different impulses." I guess my question is, did you find the connection? What what did this album teach you about yourself and the way you make music? Yeah, I feel like I did. I mean, I feel like I I was able to. It is a synthesis or a distillation of like a lot of my musical. You know, I, I, I feel like when I listen to Big Red Machine, this album, I think I realized I made it for myself and I can listen to it. It's like it's like an I, I can drive down the road and just blast it. And it's like a total joyride. It's oh, weird. Yeah. It's like I think that's why it, maybe it means more to me than a lot of things I've made in that sense, because it's just like there is a looseness and it goes to many places. But like overall, just the feeling in it. Yeah, I like this kind of music. I like the the simplicity but also the like complexity at the same time of it and i like aesthetically where it's sitting but it is i I like to take things like take an unusual beat or an unusual pattern and write a song against it and then see how a friend you know can carve into that and that happened over and over and over and then we were able to develop it into an album and yeah i think it, it feels special to me you know and i don't it's that's the nice thing is like i think a lot of people are feeling that listening to it but in a way it doesn't matter because that's that's like for me you know when i look back on my life as a musician it'll be something that will always be there you know as a special thing which is great you know it's like that's also why you why you make art i think is because like gives your life meaning or something well i'm really glad that you enjoy it as much as we all do that's good to hear <laughs> just like an audience of one yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> not to look too far forward but I, i've read that you're working on uh, new songs with justin now is can you are you able to talk a little bit about those more big red machine tracks something else what's what's next for you guys i mean honestly like we he you know we both do our own thing and have our own you know he has a he did, obviously does a ton of work and is and he's prolific and has his own studio and so do I. But then, but yeah, like there are some new ideas that are really I think special that just happened again out of nowhere. I don't, but I, I think it, like we wouldn't actually know what it is for some time. And then also like I've been you know starting to think a lot about the national and other things. So I think it's like you know no matter what that's the the other thing is like every time you climb that mountain of making something right as soon as you master it you're kind of like back at the bottom of the mountain again you know what I mean so then you're like oh man I can't stay up there for a little while longer you know it's it's like you gotta this is sometimes it's also important to burn the you know, Justin says like you gotta burn the forest down that's a bad metaphor right now with all the all all the wild fires but like you know what i mean like creatively i think sometimes you have to like let the field lay fallow for a while and i haven't done that in a while so maybe i maybe i should do that a bit i know i felt bad even asking that question oh incredible album. but what's that's next what are you doing now like i, I <laughs> a little soon for that question but uh just wanted to ask i heard you and your brother are working on a, a theatrical production of cyrano H- how's that going Did i have that right it sounds really cool 
they, it's actually a movie. It's like, oh, it was really? a theatrical, it was an off-Broadway show that we even, Matt Berninger and Bryce and I and Corinne Bester, Matt's wife, worked with Erica Schmidt, this theater director and writer. She wrote the screenplay that ad, it's an ad, adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac, which actually became, it's a major movie now that Joe Wright, the English director, adapted it and directed it. And it premieres soon. It's like very soon. But then I think it comes out properly in the winter. And it's a musical, but it's, you know, it's a period piece and, and Peter Dinklage plays Cyrano and it's pretty, it's pretty like, it's like a crazy orchestral score. And, you know, my brother was able to really like do some amazing work on it in terms of the orchestration. And I think we're really proud of the songs that we wrote. So yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I hope everybody. Oh it. man, I can't wait to check it out. Oh, Aaron, thank you so much for your time today and your music. It's been such a joy talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.